This is Podcast Game Show, the first trivia quiz show built exclusively as, well, a podcast. In each episode, we put a new contender to the test. It's season two, and this time, it's all about your favorite social media personalities and experts. Play along and find out what they really know. That's a good question. 20 contenders, four finalists, only one winner. Who will it be? Let's find out on Podcast Game Show. I'm Brandon Biard. Today, I am very pleased and excited to welcome Todd Henry to the show. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I am so excited to have you, Todd. I um, w- will tell everyone a little bit more about you in a second, but I have read all of your books um, they've definitely helped me, you know, on my journey to kind of hone in on clarify what I want to do, uh, you know, in my career and with the creative work I'm trying to do. So thank you for all of that. Um, it's really been an inspiration and a help. That means a ton. And actually, that I mean, that's as I think you would suspect. That's why I write books, right? Is I want them to impact people's lives. So it's really encouraging uh, to hear that. And hopefully, I'm like experiencing the fruit of your labor here with this show. You know, this is really exciting to me. I've never done something like this before. You are. You are. And um, I think you're going to do well. Hopefully, you're not going to be angry with me at the <laughs> the end. <laughs> Just for everyone else. So Todd is, Todd is an author. He's written three amazing books, The Accidental Creative, Die Empty, and Louder Than Words. He teaches leaders, organizations, and people how to establish you know practices that lead to everyday brilliance. Um, and you know Todd speaks and consults you know across the world and it, a lot in the in creativity and also in other industries as well. He's basically about helping people find passion for their work. Did I miss anything there? No, I think I think you got it all. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more with you in a minute, but let's get right into the game. I'm going to read you, tell you the rules, just so you know what's going on. So you're going to answer 15 questions and one final rapid fire question at the end. You want to aim to get. Uh, you want to do as good as you can, obviously. You want to aim to get at least 10 correct. That's a good benchmark. You're going to have three cheats along the way. Okay. okay. So tw- two for two questions, I will just give you a hint. You can ask for a hint. And um, you also have one cheat that will allow you to have eight seconds to Google the answer. All right. Since you're right there at your computer. And at the end of the season, our top four players will rank them. Uh, they'll come back and face off uh, for the ultimate prize, which is a free year subscription for audiobooks at audiobooks.com. They were nice enough to give that to us. So that can go to the Great. winner or maybe they can gift that to one of their audience members, whatever they want to do. Sound good? Fantastic. Well, let's get right into the game. Round one. Got some news questions for you here. Uh, have, have you been keeping up with the news lately? I try, but I travel a lot and I'm pretty busy. So we'll see how I do. May he rest in peace. The artist, the uh, Prince, once penned a song named after this billionaire turned Republican presidential candidate. Who would he have penned a song about? Uh, I'm thinking that it would have to be Donald Trump. Donald Trump is correct. <laughs> some of the lyrics, Donald Trump... Maybe that's what you need. A man that fulfills your every wish, your every dream. Donald Trump, come on, take a chance. A 1990s love affair, the real romance. Those are Now, this was probably written 20 years ago before Donald Trump became what he is now. He did make a song about Donald Trump. It's a little disturbing, actually, to know that. <laughs> All right, so you're one for one. 
Question number two here. The Los Angeles blank, the city's new NFL team, recently traded for the first overall pick in the NFL draft. What is the name of LA's new football team? I think that would have to be the Raiders. Raiders. You want to go with Raiders? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I know there were a bunch of teams talking about moving to LA, and I thought that the Raiders moved to LA. All right. Yeah, let's make that my answer. Raiders. Is it the Raiders? Unfortunately, uh, it's not. Okay. Excellent guess, though. <laughs> uh, it's the Rams. The Rams. It's the Rams. Okay. Yeah. All the, right. Oh um, my goodness! I, How did I not know that? Okay. Terrible. And I'm not. Right. Uh, I'm not sure about the ins and outs. I know the Raiders. There was talks about moving them. Uh, the Rams are the team that are definitely going to be in LA and that have the number one overall draft pick. That is terrible because growing up, the LA Rams were my favorite team before they moved to St. Louis. I can't believe I didn't know that. I'm so disappointed in myself right now. You were close. Don't worry about it. Let's put it behind (laughs) us. Move on to the next question. This Twitter account shares the real news stories about outlandish people living in one crazy state, many of which involve mugshots. That Twitter account is either Mississippi Mail, Florida Man, or Ohio Bro. I'm going to have to say Florida man. And why do you say Florida man? Uh, I, I don't know. It seems like there are a lot of those kinds of things that seem to come out that are centered on Florida, you know, like, like fake social media accounts. Like you can't believe what, what you saw, what happened in this Florida, whatever. And uh, I don't know. I, I do, for some reason, I'm just, I'm, I'm gravitating toward Florida man. Let's see if it's Florida man. Yeah, it is. Hey, all right. Florida man, you know you're, you know you're Floridians. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on over there. Um, the tagline for that Twitter account is real life stories of the world's worst superhero. Question number four. So you're two out of three here. This Mission Impossible star says he snores so bad he sleeps in a soundproof room so he doesn't bother anyone else. Uh, Tom Cruise? Um, Cruise. That's right. He says he's a really bad snorer. That sounds like a re- that sounds like an excuse, right, to sleep in a soundproof room. But <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't think we know the whole story there. Three out of four. Let's go for number five here. Last question in this round. Starbucks' first African store recently opened in this city. It's either Cape Town, Johannesburg, or Casablanca. Uh, I'm going to go with Cape Town. Okay, Cape Town. Lock him in on Cape Town. Is it Cape Town? Oh, that would have been my second guess. Okay. So your logic was right. South Africa. Amazingly, they don't have a Starbucks, but uh, it was Johannesburg. Why did you think Cape Town? Uh, Cape Cape Town is more of a touristy uh, destination. I've been to Johannesburg, and it's a great city. But it seemed to me like you would want it in a place where you have you know a ton of tourism, and uh, you know it's kind of right there on the ocean, you know, and all of that. So that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Your logic was dead on. Uh, I would have thought the same thing. It's Johannesburg, but again, some of these questions, like I said, either there you just got to take a guess. So um, (laughs) doing well, three out of five in the first round. But I miss the Rams. I can't believe I miss the Rams. Okay. <laughs> well, let's take a break and talk uh, talk for a minute. So we talked about your books. Um, first off, I should say uh, you're in Cincinnati, Ohio today. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Cincinnati. How are things in Cincinnati? Uh, things are cold and rainy today in Cincinnati. 
that to you, but other than that, it's great. We oh, love that's it here. Crazy. Uh, we've been here since uh, 1998, and it's just a great city. I mean, a lot of great things happening here. There's sort of a, a really fun young startup thing that's going on, and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great sort of Midwestern, mid-sized American city. That's cool. So there's a good startup community popping up there as well, huh? There is, yeah. And it's it's been really fun to watch because some of the bigger, more established companies in town have really been investing significantly in the startup scene and uh, you know, a bunch of accelerators that have cropped up and um, yeah, and a couple of funds that have cropped up to help you know, take care of the money situation. It's just pretty fun to see. So let's talk about you for a minute. So Todd, I know uh, I mentioned your books, uh, the the most recent of which was Louder Than Words, which I loved. It was definitely a big help. Um, what are you working on right now? So I spend most of my time working with companies and helping them figure out how to be prolific, brilliant, and healthy. That's kind of why I quantify it for them. And uh, I'm actually right now working on another book that comes out in 2017. And I'm spending a lot of time talking with leaders because the book is about leadership and uh, how to lead creative teams through times of uncertainty. So I'm either spending my time on the road working with companies or on the phone talking to leaders or sitting down with leaders and figuring out you know what makes them effective. And then the rest of my time is spent uh, you know kind of busily uh, typing away trying to to get this book done by yeah. deadline. <laughs> I'm, I know. Are you devoting like a certain amount of time uh, per day to doing that? Um, it's usually the first thing I do in the day and uh, I, not so much time, but word count. So I know if I get to my word count for the day, I know that I've accomplished what I need to get done on the book that day. And, uh, and I have today, by the way, as we speak, I've finished my word count for the day. So I kind of feel like, you know, if I get the most important thing done first thing in the day, then anything else that ha- happens is kind of gravy from that point. So great advice from, uh, from an author. I uh, love it. I was actually just looking before we got on the uh, call here. Um, I took some notes when I read Louder Than Words. I think it was it was an exercise you put in there, the 50 notables, I think it was called. Yeah, um, right. It was like 50 questions to kind of help you clarify you know, what, what makes you angry, what you love. Um, and I was, it, it was interesting what I saw because one of the things that I definitely stood out that I, I think I did it a couple of times was that I want to help people like realize that they can achieve their dreams and go for their dreams, which is so much mm-hmm. more than just what I'm doing right now on a podcast. But it's something that I just that I thought was interesting because it's it's I recently noticed it just keeps cropping up. So I think that was a really good, great. good exercise. That's, you know, it's a, it's a surprising exercise for a lot of people. I mean, when I walked them through it, things come out that they'd never considered before. Uh, and, and it really opens up new ways of thinking about your work and the value you want to create and the, the kinds of things you should be doing every day in order to move you in the direction that you want to go. Maybe you didn't even realize you wanted to go that way. Right. But it, but it completely opens up new ways of thinking about your life and your work. Now, Todd, speaking about your life, uh, you told me that in your early 20s, almost 20 years ago now, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want me to say that part. Uh, oh, that's totally fine. You sang rockabilly and country music for a living. Is that right? I did. I did. And that's kind of one of those dirty little secrets that every so often somebody does the research and they figure that out. But yeah, so I, I spent uh, most of my early 20s traveling all over the place, um, you know, singing not you know kind of what you would think of as what most people think of when they think of country music you know sort of the pop country the boom boom mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing but uh kind of rockabilly west coast bakersfield think like buck owens dwight yoakam you know even okay. the mavericks so, you know like that kind of stuff is what we did and uh, had an absolute blast we're completely commercially unviable and uh made no money doing it but got to play lots of fun shows and open for some great acts and uh then as most stories go i met my wife and she convinced me 
you know, music business, gainful employment, and marrying an amazing woman. You can have two of those three, but you can't have all three at the same time. So I chose gainful employment and marrying an amazing woman. And, uh, you know, we settled in Cincinnati and the rest is history. But uh, it was a, it's a fun, I kind of, I, I jokingly call it my misguided 20s now, you know, uh, but it really was I think an integral part of my understanding of what it means to create on demand and you know, be on stage under pressure, having to, especially when we were opening for these huge acts that, you know, and nobody had ever heard of us before. And then all of a sudden, you know, just sort of walk out on stage and you have to win people over every night. I mean, people are standing there with their arms crossed. Like, why should we li- thousands of people thinking, why should we listen to you? And to have to win them over, I think was a really valuable lesson for me in my early twenties. It made everything thereafter seem like, Kind of like a no pressure situation, you know. So, so definitely a trial by fire in your later work of you know speaking and working with other creatives and things like that. I, I love that. And uh, is it still a passion of yours in some way? It is. I mean, I still have. I, I got rid of most of my gear, but I still have an acoustic I keep in my office closet that I pull out uh, every so often for some unnecessary creating, just to kind of play around and write some songs. And I gave uh, my one remaining electric to my son, who is now learning how to play guitar. So that's kind of fun to see that. Is, you know, moving on to the next generation, and um, he's very quickly going to surpass my ability, which is kind of fun to see as well. Because he has a real love, a real passion for music that I think I just never really had. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it was never the thing that I thought about all the time. You know, like if I had spare time, I wouldn't sit down and just start noodling on the guitar. Um, yeah, but you know, it's kind of fun to see him really, really uh, sort of cultivating and kindling a passion for music. Cool, passing the guitar on down the line. Now, before we get back into the game, um, what random trivia fact do you have for us today? So most people know that uh, John Wilkes Booth is responsible for the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, uh, and very publicly so, and he's kind of gone down in infamy for that. But what a lot of people don't know is that John Wilkes Booth's brother is actually responsible for at one point saving the life of Abraham Lincoln's son. Wow. Which absolutely blew me out of the water. You talk about like worlds colliding. What are the odds of that being the case? But if you don't believe me, Google it. It is in fact true. And uh, you can kind of learn the whole story. Uh, Just real quick. Was it before or after the assassination attempt? I want to say it was before and it was completely circumstantial. And, uh, and nobody, nobody knew because obviously if it had happened after, that would have been one of those stories that everybody knew about, right? Uh, but it's kind of something that's a historical footnote, but that, um, you know, is kind of an amazing, like colliding of worlds kind of thing. Uh, that's amazing. Did not know that. It is a crazy colliding of world things. All right. Well, uh, thanks for blowing my mind with that. Now, before we get back into the game, I should say um, we can find you online at accidentalcreative.com or toddhenry.com. Um, and I've got links to all of that in the show notes uh, on podcast on my website. So go check that out. Now, Todd, are you ready to get back in the game here? Crush some trivia? I am ready to go. Yeah. Let's go. Round two. Now, this is an audio question. I'm going to play you an audio clip, and I, w- I need you to name the person speaking in this clip, okay? Got it. And it's someone speaking with Charlie Sheen. It's not Charlie Sheen I'm looking for, okay? Okay. Charlie Sheen is known to millions for his award-winning body of work on television and in the movies. But this morning, he's here to talk about something immensely personal and private. Charlie, good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Thank How you, you been? Good, good, good. Thank you so much. 
All right. So that's somebody introducing Char- Charlie Sheen. Who might that be? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say George Stephanopoulos. All right. So you gathered that it was a TV show, an interview TV right. show. Do you want to hear it again or does it, would that not help? Uh, that's not going to help me at all. <laughs> all right. I'm going to lock you in on George Stephanopoulos. Good guess, but it's not actually. It's Matt Lauer. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense, I guess. Well, let's move on to question number seven. Still got, still got three correct. Love Love Field Airport is located near what American city? It's the headquarters of Southwest Airlines. That would be Dallas. Yeah, it's Dallas Love Field. See the travel questions you're going to get me. Those are the ones I'm going to nail. So. This one you might know. This is a common knowledge question. Multiple choice. If you're going to run for the president of the United States, how old do you need to be to run? You have for to be 35 years old. God, he didn't even need the multiple choice. Respect points. <laughs> 35 years old is correct. I forgot that it was that old. Okay. And which is funny because in 1776, the actual life expectancy was around 40 years. So the window of opportunity was very small. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and many of the, the founding fathers who were older, I mean, were way past their expected lifespan. Yeah. Right? Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Got a math question for you now. What prime number comes after 19? Uh, uh, you can talk it out if you need. Yeah, um, I'm going to use my Google oh. cheat on this one. Excellent time to use that. Okay. You say what prime number goes after, you say after 19? 19. And your time starts now. Eight seconds. All right, uh, 23. Boom. Just needed that extra assurance, didn't you? I did. <laughs> That was my guess. That was my. That's what I thought. You know, that was my intuition, but I wanted to look it up just to make sure. Yeah, sure. All right. So 23. So a prime number is any number that is only divisible by itself and one. Moving on, we got a film question here. Multiple choice. And then in the 67th Academy Awards, which of these films won Best Picture? And the year we're talking about is 1994. Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, or Pulp Fiction? Which of those won best film? Uh, Forrest Gump. I'll lock you in on Forrest <laughs> Gump. Oh, I'm sorry, because it is Forrest Gump. Hey, all right. It is Forrest Gump. Those are all excellent films. Forrest Gump won it. Tom Hanks, amazing. Now, your next question is another audio question. What I've got is actually another film question. Oh, they, they came back to back. Um, I have a previous contestant that's going to read you a clue. He's describing a film, okay? And you need to um, tell me what film he's talking about. And this is from Joe Polizzi. So I'm thinking of a movie, and this is a franchise by Sylvester Stallone. So it's a boxing series that just recreated itself. Uh, as a movie in 2015 with the son of the former boxer that uh, Sylvester Stallone was against. So what is the name of this movie? All right. So the recent entry in that franchise. 
is called Creed. Lock in on Creed. Have you seen Creed? I have. Oh, okay. Well, you're right. How was it? Uh, it was it was good. It was good. I mean, it followed kind of followed the formula of the first movie. It was really interesting, you know, some of the common thematic elements and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, you're doing really well here. We're in the final round. You've got eight so far. Your next question is a mythology question. What Roman god should you make a sacrifice to if you plan on sailing tomorrow? And it's multiple choice. Jupiter, Neptune, or Aries? We're going to go with uh, Neptune. Neptune. Okay. Is it Neptune? Yeah, it's Neptune. God of the sea. All right. Next question. 80s music. According to Tommy Two-Tone, whose number is 8675309? It's either Leslie, Kenny, or Jenny. It would be Jenny. Oh my God, I can't believe you know that. That's right. <laughs> and you know, I've actually read articles before of people who have had that number and how much of a pain in the rear it is to have that number and they had to have their number changed. Of course. I, I know the lyrics, but I couldn't remember the name uh, when I saw this question. Okay, two more to go in the main round. You got 10 so far, so you're already doing awesome. No pressure. You have two hints left that you haven't used if you need them. Okay, great. The author of the famous poem, The Road Not Taken, has this written on his tombstone. I had a lover's quarrel with the world. Who is that author? Or poet, I should say. I am going to say that is Robert Frost. Oh, he's taking a big guess. Robert Frost. Let's see. <laughs> Booyah, it's Robert hey. Frost. Hey, one more to go. Science question. Last question in the main round. Uh, okay. Let's see if you can get 12 right. There have been many hoaxes claiming of the dangers of this common substance, also known as dihydrogen monoxide. What is it commonly called? Dihydrogen monoxide? Yeah. It seems like that would be H2O. Would it be water? Is that your guess? That's my guess. Dihydrogen monoxide, very hazardous because it is water. Hey, right. All right. There is a there is a meme going around for a while, uh, causing that it can uh, <laughs> it can do things such as accelerate corrosion and cause severe burns, which is all true if you think about it. <laughs> so that's. That's clever. (laughs) Well, at the end of the main round, you have 12. So let's go on to do the bonus question. This will come into play later on in the season when we're ranking our top opponents uh, in the, you know, in the event of a tie. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a category and I'm going to need you to name at least seven of the the top 10 in this category. You can just fire off as many as you want. You get credit for up to seven and you're not penalized for a wrong answer. Okay. In 20 seconds, name seven of the top 10 largest oil-producing nations in the world. And your time starts now. Uh, uh, Russia, the United States, Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, Qatar, uh, Iraq, Iran, uh, Brazil, Argentina, uh, uh, Canada, 
I think you got some good ones in there. Let's see. Uh, you have Russia. That's correct. U.S., of course. Saudi Arabia, of course. Let's see. You said Qatar, Qatar. I don't see that one on the list. Good guess, though. Iraq. Yes. Iran. Yes. Let's see. Canada. Absolutely. And your last, your other one was Argentina. Let's see. I don't see that on the list. You got six out of seven. All right. <laughs> what, what, what were some of the other ones? What did that? What did I miss? The ones you missed. China is a big one. United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Mexico. Oh, Kuwait. That's what I was going for when I said Qatar. I was yeah. thinking of Kuwait. Kuwait, yeah. Mexico. Those are the other ones I have. So uh, okay. Um, that's all right. You got you could have only have gotten one more anyway. Six out of seven. So your combined score is twelve point six. Very well done, Mr. Henry. You should feel good. So at the end of all that, how do you feel after going through the gauntlet of trivia this morning? Uh, a little confused, <laughs> uh, a little bit inadequate, and uh, overall just pretty energized right now. Good. You got your writing done. You flex your trivia muscle. You should uh, be feeling good about the day. <laughs> well, Todd, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I hope you had a good time, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks so much for having me. That wraps up another episode. I'm so glad I got to have Todd Henry on the show. He's got some really great stuff out there. Check him out, especially his books, if you're interested in being more creative in general, if you feel like you are a creative or an artist or work in one of those fields. I've got links to all of Todd's stuff online on the show notes page, podcastgameshow.com forward slash Henry. And if you're on the website, you can also play a little quick online version of the game. Give it a whirl. Maybe you have what it takes to be a contestant on this show. See how you do. It's just 10 quick questions. They're really random. You'll definitely learn something new at the very least. And if you're tuning in regularly, if you like this show, thanks so much for listening. If I could ask you to do one thing to help it grow, just share it. Share it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Share it with one person podcastgameshow.com forward slash iTunes is the quick link that'll take you right to the iTunes uh, page here for the show. Thanks, and I'm glad you are digging it. Now come back next time as our contestant, Alex Ginadinic of problemio.com, who has over 20 books on Amazon, tells us about speakeasies. See you then.